Hello and welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR topics that is making the headlines. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined again by Dan Cave, Head of Content at Executive Grapevine Digital Media. So welcome back to the podcast, Dan, and I hope you've been surviving this heat. Just about, Sophie, but I have been reading, of course, the content that you've been putting out this week on HR Grapevine about how indeed we can survive this heat at home and been taking some tips and tricks from that. Well, I suppose it's it's one of those topics that even outside of work everyone's been talking about this week isn't it but turning back to the topic of HR uh, like usual lots has been going on in the world of work this week but aside from kind of looking at how HR can manage staff in a heat wave as you just pointed towards what else would you say has been on your radar this week Dan? We've got the Deloitte boss who used less than clumsy phrasing around junior staff's time so he basically told junior staff in the organization your time is not your own obviously that's kind of jarring phrasing so there's a bit of kickback on that it's created a lot of noise and it flies in in the face of what a lot of bosses are trying to roll out for their workforce which is more flexible working and showing that they're more empathetic to pressures on staffs It, it potentially highlights what might be a future future of the workforce fight which is the missteps between employers and bosses and employees as we kind of find new structures of work and different companies experiment with flexibility so I thought that was really really interesting comments because it highlights potential future arguments in the world of work there was some obviously heat wave it feels like we're all drained and sapped and less motivated we're also 18 months into working in a pandemic or 18 months into working in a pandemic. So we published a really nice piece on how to boost staff mo- motivation using your internal values as a company as a way to make sure it all kind of culturally fits together. I thought that was really, really interesting. And of course, with Freedom Day on Monday, even though, as you said, heatwave has dominated the headlines, we looked at basically what that means HR has to do both legally and best practice wise as staff either returning to work and what that means for health and safety or if they're refusing to come back to the office and what HR can do there and also like how HR can manage maybe the long-term physical and mental issues associated with COVID and the pandemic so just because government restrictions have lapsed at least for the meantime it doesn't mean that HR hasn't got a lot to contend with as ever. Well, it seems that, well, as you've just highlighted there, there's been lots of different bits that HR may be involved in or interested in in the last week. And this kind of brings us on really to another of the big stories that's kind of been making the headlines this week and, and for the last couple of weeks around the so-called pandemic, which is a new term that has been dubbed, which essentially refers to being notified by the NHS COVID app and then being told to isolate. And that was covered by iNews. A BBC report was uh, recently explaining that, you know, those that have come into contact with someone who has tested positive for coronavirus must self-isolate for 10 days. And of course, in, in lots of circumstances, this can have follow-on impacts for employers and HR. 
Last week, a Guardian piece reported that up to 1.6 million people in England had been told to isolate in a in a seven day period, which, of course, as I said, could present various different challenges for businesses. And also with predictions that up to 10 million could be told to isolate in coming weeks, uh, it's possible that the issue could get worse. With many people already isolating and many more predicted to be told to isolate, this could result in a myriad of workflow and staffing shortages. So with that being the case and it potentially causing employers and HR a bit of a headache, is it simply that HR can just ask staff to ignore the pings? So even though on the surface of it, self-isolation could be damaging business, it is, of course, the correct social and moral and sensible thing to do to get us out of this pandemic mess the quickest. However, it appears there are a few instances where businesses might be able to advise their workers not to isolate. So on Monday, Boris said that critical workers, remember that phrase at the start of the pandemic, it meant at least at that time, people who are critical to the coronavirus response, working in education, healthcare, food sectors, won't have to isolate, but only if they are fully vaccinated, so 14 days after the second jab and their isolation might hit the delivery of things that are needed for the public welfare. So apparently today, Thursday, when we're recording this podcast, I appreciate it comes out on a Friday. Apparently, more details are going to become apparent. So hopefully by the time this is put out into the public sphere, you'll already have those details, HR audience. The business secretary is basically going to say, here is a list of the critical workers who will not have to isolate if they've been pinged how this has come about basically is it's been sparked by photos of empty shelves it appears we're back around to this point of the pandemic again in supermarkets and i guess the government are worried that either that will cause some kind of panic or that food delivery will be hit by people having certain staff in those businesses being have to isolate i wanted a bit more context on this though so i spoke to a lawyer earlier this week and he told me that Actually, the NHS app, so if you're getting pinged through the NHS COVID app, is only advisory, not compulsory. And like being told by NHS test and trace to isolate, which is compulsory, and you have to do that, which leaves the employer a conundrum, right? Do they actually go, well, it's only an advisory app. It's up to you, employee, what you do here, whether you isolate, whether you don't isolate. It sounds a bit iffy to me. And what what, what potentially that leaves employers open for is some whole line of legal wrangle if they're found to be advising staff to not isolate when they have been advised to. And it also could push an issue further down the line, right? So they might want employees to ignore the app or switch off the app or make it apparent in whichever kind of like unsaid way that you shouldn't be isolating because that will damage the business. Okay, so what if all those staff then get coronavirus and they will have to be off for that, you know, health issue or like there is such a groundswell of coronavirus cases because loads of people have turned off the app and aren't isolating that in two months time, say, for example, I'm not an epidemiologist, I don't really understand how viruses go around. There's such a a massive, I don't know, swell of coronavirus cases that the country has to go into further restrictions or that your workforce is actually off in a huge amount because they are genuinely ill with this dangerous disease. Of course, that not only affects operations, but for the long term, that could hit things like well-being or how engaged your staff are because you've been taking risks with their with their health of course obviously if you are advising employees to come into work or or employees are attending work with a risk of infection you create a massive liability to loads of people as well what 
again, this lawyer said, is that if you have been pinged as a, or one of your staff members has been pinged, just try and ensure that you've got some mitigation plans in place. So either if they can work from home possible, you're allowing this to happen and understand your own risk as employer as well. So you can be fined if an employee knowingly attends work, having been pinged or told to isolate. So quite a wide range of things for businesses to consider there. Long story short is it appears that after today, you won't always have to isolate if you have been pinged, but that's going to be in a very specific and limited way for that list of workers and where possible because of health reasons, because of actually long-term business reasons, because of moral and social reasons, you should be following the, the advice of that ping or the NHS app. However, we have known that there are loads of cases where businesses are being affected by the pingdemic, quote unquote, so far. And so could you maybe share with us ways in which this is, is coming to be? Yeah, definitely. And I think there are lots of different examples and almost case studies that have hit headlines recently demonstrating the different ways that employers and businesses have been affected in their own ways. I think actually this is something you covered last week, Dan, about a holiday park in Cornwall, Mother Ivy's Bay Holiday Park, which essentially had to ask customers to help clean the toilets after staff were told to isolate. And the holiday destination was said to have blamed the current NHS Test and Trace app and said that it had sent ping notifications to healthy staff members telling them to isolate for 10 days. And the owner of the park went on to say that he had no choice but to ask guests to kind of help out due to these desperate times. The owner also said, which I think is an interesting point, that he did have a full set of staff and that it wasn't due to labour shortages and that the app was crippling to businesses. But having said that, since we published that story, there have been big employers that have hit headlines as well over some of the challenges that they've been presented with. So earlier this week, some organisations have had to shut some of their premises due to staff shortages caused by staff having to isolate due to the NHS COVID app. A recent BBC report was explaining that Green King said that it was forced to close 33 of its pubs in the last week due to staff self-isolating, while Iceland said that up to 1,000 of its staff have been ordered to isolate after being pinged by the app. Other firms that have also experienced workplace challenges as a result of orders to isolate have included the car maker Vauxhall and also the supermarket chain M&S. In the instance of Vauxhall, they were having to reduce shifts at its Luton-based plant and M&S said that it may have to reduce store opening hours to, to compensate for this. So I've just detailed a couple of different ways that different companies have all been impacted by this. So with that being the case, I think this leads us on nicely to the follow on question of how can HR manage the impact of isolation on businesses? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think first and foremost, as the lawyer I spoke to earlier in the week, so that's David Jepps, who's an employment partner at Keystone Law, said is, is follow the isolation protocol don't try and circumvent the law in a nefarious or what you think is quite a clever way because it's actually going to keep your business running for say the next week or two because what you might be doing is just pushing that problem down the road where spiraling cases as as i said earlier in the podcast cause 
a health problem which impacts not only your workers but maybe brings in widespread country restrictions which of course impact your business as we've seen from say figures around the economy last year when we we're in deep deep lockdown it could then also have loads of follow-on things that hit the hr agenda if you're being a bit free and fast with employees actual health and putting them at risk of infection of course that's going to affect their well-being of course it's going to affect how people view you as an employer too however say you're actually following the protocol there's some really really good advice out there on what this means for your business and how you should set up so say an employee's pinged if they're not not in the business obviously you tell them not to come in if they are they leave immediately hopefully you've set them up to work from home beforehand if they can do that so i guess a crucial point here is have a policy and a plan in place to deal with this and it is going to be a growing issue i guess employee isolation i suggest having some flexibility around this issue too so be flexible with leave let them take some time off if they need obviously if they can continue working as much as possible let them do that also be flexible with how you view your talent bank so your workforce as well if you're struggling operationally you might have to have a more holistic view where you move people sideways into different roles to cover short-term staffing issues so and that actually probably sets you up really really well for the future of work where careers and the way that you come at your skills base is likely to be more piecemeal or lattice like and you probably need to see different pathways for people to fit into different roles that's a little i mean that's a little bit down the line first point is be flexible understand the skills you have in your business and see what they can do different bits operationally if you get hit by lots of people having to isolate Again, policy as ever is likely to be a friend here. So pre-plan, have a strategy in place, have a policy on self-isolation as well, and look at what arrangements and mitigations you might have to in place, whether that's equipment, whether you can allow people to homework and include that within your company's overall COVID policy. Make sure that's communicated well if you do have updates and make it in a you know a central place or a place where people are likely to access it. Again, this probably should align with your workplace safety measures and also be in line with the law as well. It's probably also a good time to consider the impact of isolation on the finances of your workers. Statutory sick pay is £96 a week. You might want to consider if that's enough for your workers to properly self-isolate and what you might want to do to mitigate either the black hole in finances it might cause them or what your company might be able to do to help. So there's a lot of different things there considering following protocols, long-term business impact, using talent to fill the gaps having policies in place and then also the financial impact on your employees too. Well, thank you for running us through all of that, Dan. I think it's definitely food for thought for both employers and HR. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events or market leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletters, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com.